The only station in Sacramento giving you local sports coverage from 6 a.m. to 6 p.m. Monday through Friday. Sacktown Sports. Here's one of the very best things about having Kyle Draper on Sacktown Sports. One of. There are many. I think we're just finding out how great this is going to be for us. Yesterday, during the show, Drive Guys, we found out Keegan Murray not going to play because he hurt his thumb. So I happened to ask Kyle Draper, hey, who, who would you start? And he kind of kind of casually like, well, gee, what would I know? I'd, I'd start Sasha Vazinka, <laughs> who started. And you know that he was on the phone with Mike right, Brown. Right, I'm sure. <laughs> Sasha, Vivek. Vivek. I, uh, you know that he got the inside scoop, but he had to play it off like, well, I don't know. Here's what I would do. And, of course, he was exactly I, right. I appreciate that, Whitey. I, I like that you started the show off like that. The first thing I did when I found out Sasha was starting, I texted you, Sasha yeah. starting. <laughs> Boom, Boom, like I called it. You know, but I didn't text anybody. When you have great <laughs> basketball minds like myself, like Mike Brown, Monty Vivek, well, we all just think right. alike. It just made sense to yep. start Sasha. That makes sense, too. It's also possible, you know, Mike Brown, I know they were down in Southern California, but... Uh, you know, you go on uh, SackdownSports.com. He might have been listening and heard that. It's like, that's a <laughs> great idea. Like he does every day. He listens to the drive. <laughs> he gets all his plays, his uh, yeah. out-of-timeout actions and everything from us. But who knows? What if I'm going to ask Mike, do you ever listen to our radio show? And have we ever given you any uh, thoughts? I, I would say uh, next game, Chris Duarte should start if Keegan doesn't play. You okay. know? So right. I think he's going to mix it up. But yeah. yeah, man. We'll have Coach on at some point. But yeah, yeah. nice call. Thank by you. you. Uh, unfortunately, the game was blacked out NBA TV, but that was okay because the stream was great last the night. The live stream was working. Kings.com slash live. You know, I was at the spot in Folsom just hanging out, and I'm like, man, I hope I don't have to go to these other links that people have provided. But you go to Kings.com. NBC also was streaming it as well. If you went ah. to NBC Sports, they had a link for that. So that was great. Fortunately, come Sunday, It'll be on NBC Sports California, so you'll be able to actually watch the game on your TV or listen to it on my uh, our guy G-Man here on Sacktown Sports. Yeah, and who's got the call on TV? The play I get by the play-by-play, play, man. Is. It's been too long, Kings fans. I'm ready. I've been studying up on the roster, studying up on the Warriors roster. I got opening night as well in Utah, nice. so I'm looking forward to that, That's man. Great. It's uh, it, it's sort of like you know the the first day of school. You know, you're looking for it. You know the date is coming. You got your outfit picked out. You already know what you want, mom, to make for lunch extra peanut butter and jelly on your sandwich and everything that's how i feel about sunday yeah yep. very exciting yeah it's Good exciting for you. Uh, yeah. as for last night's game yeah not exciting you're not excited what what look i know it's preseason i don't know you're gonna tell me <laughs> that if i take anything you're already making my argument for me but go ahead go ahead if i take anything negative out of that game you're gonna tell me no 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 don't be an idiot it's preseason but i just i, I wanted to see a little more Energy, at least defensively. That I, if I'm honest, watching, I'm disappointed in something. Something's not right, and that to me is ultimately what it was. Even though it's preseason, it looked to me almost like Domas was trying too hard, and nobody else was trying hard enough. I know that's not the case, but it just looked out of whack, especially at that end. You know what's happening, and what I'm seeing from the Sacramento Kings when I watch them. To your point, and I agree with you, Whitey. I'm not saying, oh man, you know, it's just preseason. Don't worry about it. The Kings so far have looked like a team that knows they're good, 
knows that they'll be fine in the uh, regular season. So the preseason, they're playing like it's the preseason. That Lakers unit we saw out there, they were playing like it was a regular season game. They were well-oiled. You know, the offense was clicking. That was they their were their G-League team. Yeah, that was their G-League team. You know, the Kings looked like a, a team that, with a bunch of veterans that had won two or three championships and understand. But we're not there yet, Sacramento. And so I get your point. You would like to see a little more hunger, a little more fight right from the gate. Sort of like the Niners, you know, when it comes to football. The Niners, what's impressed me, obviously, is they came right out the jump. Preseason, regular season, it didn't matter. They look like a team on the mission. I haven't seen that yet from the Kings, and so I get why you're a little disappointed at what we saw last night. I also think, as we know, an excellent offensive team are the Kings, but when they're not shooting the ball well at all, and they have the first two games from three, they're just not making shots, and that's okay. But that just puts more pressure on your defense, which needs to improve, and so far just has looked abysmal. I, I got to think Mike Brown is going uh, driving himself crazy with, with what he saw last night in the first two games. Uh, the lack of, of of effort, I guess, defensively, if I could say it that way, the, the lack of just intensity. You know, he's talked since day one this season of training camp. We need to be more physical. We got to make sure they feel us. That didn't happen last night. No. That didn't happen. And so, you know, I, I don't know if I'm Mike Brown. Am, am I starting to, you know, pull guys quickly out of the game, cut playing time, whatever. But he has to do something to get that message across to these players. And I get it. It's only preseason. They understand it's only preseason. But you build habits in training camp and preseason that hopefully carries over into the regular season. Yeah, obviously your starters who played a lot of minutes last year, they're going to play more in a regular game. So the team overall is going to play better. What concerns me, though, is this this talk. uh, I think Alan mentioned it. You and I have just batted it back and forth a few times of the Kings looking like they didn't play with intensity. I've noticed over the years that sometimes when you're not as physically capable as your opponent, they're faster, they're quicker, they're stronger. Sometimes it looks like you're not trying. And I do think one of the things we've seen the first two games, there are a couple of spots, at least a couple of spots, not the whole team, a couple of spots at which the Kings are at a real disadvantage defensively. I thought Sasha last night, you know, and he's still learning, and I mentioned uh, Herder earlier. I, I think there's too many spots right now where the Kings are just overmatched defensively. But that was the same last season too, right? It's, it's not like this is some anomaly for this team. This is what happened last season. Mike Brown preached it last season as well when they finished 24th in the NBA in defensive uh, efficiency. And so that's what's so concerning. It's like, all right, guys, we're once again going to have to rely on the offense to win games for us. I've said it before, and I said it the other day. Can we get a a 93-87 Kings win kind of game? Because to me, that would show, you know what, the offense might not have been clicking, the threes may have not been falling, but at least we stepped it up defensively. So far, these first two preseason games, we haven't seen that. And I know it frustrates Mike Brown. I'm pretty sure of that. And so what happens, though, when you look at teams, you can scheme all you want, Whitey, but at the end of the day, the players have to say, you know what? I'm going to come in and I'm going to set the tone defensively. Who's that guy that's going to do that for this team? I think it should be De'Aaron Fox. I would love to see De'Aaron Fox come out and play, you know, just Marcus Smart kind of defense. Not the whole game, because Mike Brown talked about how it would take away from his offense, but setting the tone. 
maybe you start Davion one game or something like that because he seems to be the only guy that's willing to get up in somebody's airspace. Now, here's one positive to me, even though they didn't shoot the ball well. To me, this is a sign that the Kings' offense was functioning. Mm-hmm. It wasn't productive, but mm-hmm. they were doing a lot of the right things. The Kings last night made 37 baskets, right? Yes. 37 field goals. They had 30 assists. Wow. Yeah. That, 30 of their 37 baskets were assisted. Yeah, and, and, you know, the big stat, obviously, is assist percentage. I can't do the math, but I know that's close to 80% <laughs> that's assist. Incredible. That's pretty good. Usually you want to be right around 60 or so. 65 would be great. They were at close to 80% in an assist percentage, and so that means the ball was moving. Yep. Uh, think about it. They only shot 39.4% from the field. They could have had 40 assists easily yep. if they would have made a few more shots. And so, mm-hmm. but Whitey, you know, we can point to the positive. I understand it's preseason and people, you know, may want to look at some of the positive, but we know the offense is going to be there. That won't be an issue for the Sacramento Kings team. The defense is, is, is could be a little concerning right now. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it's preseason. Numbers don't mean a lot, but one that jumps out at y'all. So Sabonis had 16 rebounds last night. You know, and I said yesterday on our show, I'm like, pencil Sabonis down for 19 points, 12 rebounds, seven assists. After last night, you know, I I was thinking, (laughs) man, I don't know if he can uh, increase any of those numbers. But he might be a 13, 14 kind of rebound guy. He was gobbling up everything. And the stat that I love, the Lakers only had four. Four offensive rebounds. Mm. I know they made a lot of shots. They shot 50% from the field. But usually the Kings were able to hold them to one and done on that end. Mm-hmm. So um, they ended up making the final score somewhat respectable. But the Kings fall to 0-2 as they've got the Warriors coming up on Sunday. So, yeah, you'd like to see them playing a little better here. But to your point, we haven't seen anything wrong with this team that we didn't know was already something that they were going to have to work on. Yeah, yeah, and you're 100% right about that. The Kings are who we thought they were, yeah, you know? Yeah. But we were hoping for a better Sacramento team, and I, I, I'm interested to see Sunday. I think Mike Brown will play the starters a little more, the home preseason opener. Let's see if they get after it Sunday, especially against the Golden State Warriors. I know we have uh, drape stakes coming up. Yeah. I don't want to step on any of those. I'll just say real quickly, a guy that we talked about him yesterday, kind of keeping an eye on, really fascinating player right now to see how he's going to figure into the Kings mix. If he does, Colby Jones, and he last night was only one for four, mm. but he's doing some interesting things. You like Colby. You like uh, what you're six, seeing six, from him. I just like a six six rookie who can play a little point. I think there's a lot of potential there to be a guy that can really help this team. Yeah, I think so. You know, when you look at Colby Jones, I, I wonder how many minutes he's going to get. Like, what's his spot? Right. You know, is he that backup uh, third point guard? Is he playing the two? Like, where is he going to get his minutes? Might not be much this year right. at all. But yeah. it's clear what uh, Monty McNair saw in this guy, right? Like, he's a heady player. He plays hard. He's solid defensively, 6'6", like you said. And so, I think there's some tremendous upside. You know, he's a second-round pick, though. You know, how many times do second-round picks immediately impact a roster, especially a playoff-caliber team like Sacramento? But he adds to the depth of this team. And so I venture to say there will be a game or two this season where we look back and say that was the Kobe Jones game. He came with with three or four steals in the game. You know, he had four or five uh, transition buckets. And so I, I see, you know, what Monty McNair was able to see in this guy. Yeah. Unfortunate we have a truncated show today as we take you to Thursday Night Football. 
So we probably won't have any time to talk about the Phillies. I'm sorry. Just no, so you know. no, we'll wait till they wrap up the series before we talk about the Phillies. I don't like to count my chickens before they hatch, but my guy Bryce Harper and the Phillies, the no, way they're playing. No time. Play, no time. Uh, oh, no. I can't even. No time. Maybe that's part of Drape's take coming up. We don't know. Maybe. Giants fans are going nuts. They're so happy. Giants fans, not just happy the Dodgers are. They're celebrating. Giants fans, pipe down. There's an old saying in rap. And Jay Johnson, you know this. You can't hate on the people in the club if you ain't in the club. <laughs> the Giants ain't even in the club, so just 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 be quiet. The yeah. Dodgers anymore, uh, right? But they they were at least there. They actually got past the velvet rope and actually got a drink or two in the club. Got their two step on a little bit. The Giants, they're that guy in line still waiting to get in the club. And so I get it. It's fun to watch the uh, Dodgers lose. That's your rival, but you weren't even in the club. That's how I feel about mm-hmm. that. That's just me. That's just me. We are right back with Drapes takes on the Drive Guys, Sackdown Sports. Your flagship station for the Beam Team, Sacktown Sports. People coming after Kyle Draper already. YouTube chat, <laughs> Campio Silva. Kyle, don't tell us Giants fans to pipe down. Campio, you can do what you want. I'm just saying, why are you hating on the Dodgers for achieving something you didn't do? Like, it's it's like, dude, you didn't even get in the club. You weren't even invited to the party. I, and yet I, you're hating? I've been around the Bay Area all my life, long time, <laughs> watching baseball. My mom was a Dodger fan, but I even I was a little taken aback yesterday by how happy right. and how, how much Giants fans were celebrating the Dodger loss. I get it. It just it surprised right. me. Yeah, I, I get Dodger fans are insufferable. You know, they're they're, you know, sort of like Warriors or Lakers fans. You know, they 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 get a rise out of Giants fans. I get that. Um, you know, and it's a rivalry. That was the best uh, day of the baseball season in the Bay Area yesterday. Right, right. The whole <laughs> Think season. about that. That was the best thing to happen to the Giants <laughs> yeah. all season long. And so Campio says, You don't understand, Kyle. Maybe I don't understand, but while you want to celebrate the Dodgers losing, you should look in your own backyard, look in your own house, and try to fix what's going on with the Giants. You look hire a manager, figure out your GM situation. Is Farhan the guy to lead you? And that's so the problem. They got bigger fish to fry yeah. than what the Dodgers are doing. Yeah. I don't care what the Dodgers are doing. Win, lose, it doesn't matter. It doesn't affect my team at all. We need to get our house in order. I think Giants fans look at that, and it, they're not necessarily encouraged. It's like, oh, my goodness. I need something positive here. Right. Hey, did you see what happened to the Dodgers? Yeah. I mean, it was incredible, the four home runs, and to see the Dodgers sweep. Un- unbelievable, right? I mean, what is going on in baseball? We talked a little bit about this the other day. You got, you know, the Orioles winning 100-plus games, Dodgers 100 games, and they're both mm-hmm. out of it just like that. Yeah, and it's great that we got Bochy against Dusty. As I said yesterday, I was a little premature, actually, because it wasn't a done deal yet, but – yeah, Dusty you got from it. Sacramento. You got it. Yeah. Boat show. So that'll be exciting. Uh, and then, of course, we'll probably have, what, the Diamondbacks against the Braves in the NL. Oh, is that okay? You just love oh, to take shots at me. I don't hold know. On, hold on, Why do we, we not get this straight? Win yet. Are, are we to drive? Like, we're a team here, big fella. Right, like, right. you know, who I root for, you should root for. Well, you whoa, should. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> whoa, I was with you for know, most of that. I know, right? But we're a team here. Like, you should be happy if my <laughs> team is winning. You know, like, oh, Drapes, I'm happy for you. The Phillies are a really good team. Instead, I pointed out you're a brilliant basketball mind start of the show. That, sometimes that's going to have to be enough. Yeah, all right, but, all right. I'll, I mean, I'll, I'll take what I we, can get right now. We would love for you to share your brilliant basketball mind insights 
into last night's time for Drapes Takes. Let's get, see, this is where I need an open. Like, I need, uh, you know, some sort of uh, uh, a drop or something. You we'll know, get we'll get that. Trust yeah. me. We got to work on that. But, you know, when I watched last night's game, sure, we can talk about the defense. We know how bad it is giving up 59% shooting in the first quarter. How bad was that third quarter defensively as well? 71% giving up 40 uh, points. But that's, that's low-hanging fruit. That's something we can all see. My takeaway from last night's game one, Sasha Vizankov, and I'm not talking about his shooting. What was he, 3 of 10 or 4 of 10 last night? I don't care about that. I care about his ability to move without the basketball. I thought that was extremely impressive. You know, he has a high basketball IQ. When I'm watching Sasha play, some of his backdoor cuts, some of his movement without the ball – open things up for other players, not necessarily his own shot, but open up things for his uh, other teammates. And also, there were several times where Sasha could have put up a shot but passed up a good shot for a great shot. And so I know we say the way to earn minutes in Mike Brown's system is to play defense, but another way to uh, you know be out there on the floor with, in Mike Brown's system is to share the ball mm-hmm. and have a high basketball IQ. So that was my biggest takeaway from Sasha last night. I thought he still made some defensive lapses. There was one time, uh, I think it was D'Angelo Russell was driving. Sasha was on help, and, and he sort of gave a half-hearted, like, in between. Like, he didn't fully commit to helping out, and, and D'Angelo Russell got by, went into the paint, I think, and got the bucket. And so I, I just think, you know, my takeaway with Sasha, forget about the shooting numbers. Just his ability to impact the game off the ball, I thought was impressive. I would say Sasha moves very well without the ball. Unless the ball is in the hands of the guy he's guarding, then he doesn't move as well. But that's just, that'd be my thought. <laughs> On that end, man, you're <laughs> negative today, man. You're killing well, you me, see? man. He came yeah. in the game and Prince is like, Torian Prince is like, no, give, he the, went, yeah, give me yeah, the ball. Yeah, that, that, he takes right. him, yeah. Well, we knew that was going to happen, though, right? Guys yeah, are going to hunt him out. I and I and so I, I get it. You know, guys are going to, you know, seek to uh, make a name for themselves against Sasha. He's the new guy. He's fresh meat, barbecue chicken, uh, as they say uh, in, in the NBA. And so we know about his defensive uh, liabilities and The thing I want to see from Sasha is a little more compete level defensively. You may not be able to move your feet as fast as somebody else. You may not be able to have the greatest defensive positioning. But if a guy is coming at me and thinks he's going to just score over me, oh, calling for the ball, give me the ball. To me, that should trigger something. You know what? Oh, you think you could school me? Let me try and lock you down. And so I want to see a a higher compete level uh, from Sasha. But you're right as far as sharing the ball and fitting into the offense with his uh, off-ball movement. It's, uh, I mean, you can see why they saw this guy and said he's a great fit for us. Yeah, yeah, he he was a great fit. You know, one other takeaway, I I can't, uh, you know, talk, uh, you know, uh, less or more about JaVale McGee and his impact on this team. JaVale McGee is exactly what the Sacramento Kings needed. Obviously, he can catch lobs. Obviously, he's a big body and, you know, is going to be a solid rebounder. But his ability defensively just to change shots, yeah, I think, is incredible. He only had one block last night, but he altered a few. Uh, I think he had a goaltending as well last night. But he impacts the game. And I don't know what they were thinking about in Dallas last year, not playing him really. I don't understand that, but I think he's a tremendous upside. He's a guy, when you take out Sabonis, 
You still have physicality. You still have uh, a, a guy that, you know, is going to protect the paint even more so than Domas even. And so I think JaVale McGee, you know, when he signed him, we were like, ah, how many minutes? He's a 15 to 20 minute per night kind of guy, I think, on this Kings team. Yeah, remember Dallas last year, they also didn't play Christian Wood right, much. He right. looked pretty good last night. <laughs> the thing about McGee that stands out to me is that he had, I know I talked about the assists earlier, he had three assists last night. Right. Uh, I know he turned the ball over and he committed fouls, but he also was a good fit. Obviously, he's very familiar with the offense they're running from his days with Mike Brown in Golden State, but he's a really good fit offensively in addition to what he provides in terms of uh, the rim protection. And, and I think that's what the Kings were lacking Last season, Whitey, when you take DeMontis Sabonis out, change, they change didn't the have offense. another big that yeah. can do, you know, what yeah. DeMontis did. Now, I'm not saying, obviously, JaVale McGee is DeMontis Sabonis in terms of his passing and vision, but it's not a, as big of a drop-off. You can still yeah. run some of your same yes. sets yes. with JaVale McGee out there. And so, you know, I think that was a, a late-hour move that's going to pay huge dividends for the Sacramento team. Yeah, and I think, as I said earlier, I think that's one of the reasons people – uh, underestimated what an effective offseason the Kings had is because one of their most significant moves was one of, if not the very last move that they made. Yeah, him in. exactly. And we thought maybe Nerlens Noel would be that guy. I they did. They, they got rid of Nerlens because, you know what, we can go out there and get JaVale McGee. And, I, you know, I also think a, a veteran presence, a locker room guy, a leader as well, a guy that has won, uh, you know, a guy that has uh, earned Mike Brown's trust. We see it already, obviously, you know, uh, he's the first big off the bench in terms of, you know, at that five spot. And so I like JaVale McGee. also want to shout out Chris Duarte. Yes. Also. Let's shout out Chris Duarte because we got on him a little bit after that Raptors game. He struggled from the field. He's got to be Kyle Draper's player of the game, right? Am I right? It was either going to be him or JaVale McGee, to be honest okay. with you. I like JaVale McGee. But Chris Duarte, you know, perfect from the field, obviously. Uh, I forget, you know, and I got to remind myself, this guy was injured most of last year. And so it's going to take him some time to fully get back into basketball conditioning, game conditioning. And so I firmly expect him to be a part of the rotation you know, I was so happy to see him knock down his two threes uh, when he was in the game. Uh, I, I thought that was tremendous. And so I think Chris Duarte, you know, we talk about this Kings depth. They can go 10 deep easily, and I think Chris Duarte is part of that. Yeah, if I may ask you to sum up what you gave us yesterday. You said there's three guys that you needed to see something from. Yeah. You said Duarte, you said Herter, and you said you needed to see a little more defensively from Sasha. So how did those guys measure up to what you were looking to yeah, see? Yeah, Duarte was perfect. Like he, he had the exact kind of game that I wanted to see from him. Sasha, I still need to see more defensively, and I think it's going to be a work in progress. You know, It's not going to be something we see overnight for him. Kevin Herter is still the guy that I'm waiting to get going. You know, it's not I don't believe in his shot. I think he's a great three-point shooter. He'll be fine. But I want it so badly for him. After that Golden State series, you know, the Raptors game, like I need to see for him three or four threes. And so I'm not worried or anything like that. Uh, you know, that, you know, at the start of the season, Kevin Herter won't be ready. You know, he he won't return to his form. But for him, I would like to see some shots fall. And because, Whitey, when you think about it, look at the Kings starting lineup. Kevin Herter is a big part of what they do. He opens up things, him and Keegan Murray, for everybody else. And so Kevin Herter for this team 
he needs to start making some shots. And those are Drape's takes for today. Hopefully when they return, well, that'd be Monday, right? We'll have we'll get some music for you. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I have to get a sponsor on that too, <laughs> no, right? I think so. Now you see where Very I'm talking, right? Very sponsorable. <laughs> uh, when we come back, the Kings conversation continues also. Kyle Shanahan says the Browns are the Niners' biggest challenge yet. You think he believes that? It's coming up with the Drive Guys on Sackdown Sports. Sacramento's official home for the San Francisco 49ers. Sacktown Sports. Yeah, before we leave off on the Kings for now, we've got a lot of Kings to talk about, a lot of Niners, and a truncated show today. But Kyle had a great thought. We're just curious here. 339-1140, YouTube chat. If you've seen the first two preseason games, where are you? Are you anywhere on it? Maybe you're with the Kings. It's preseason. None of it matters. I admit, I'm, <laughs> and you heard a little of it yesterday, <laughs> starting to get a little discouraged. Maybe as part of a defense mechanism, you know, like, gee, this could be a rougher season. But first two games, first game was like, eh. Last night I was a little discouraged that the Lakers G League team was able to uh, dominate the Kings defense as much as they were. So just, are you okay? No worries? Still excited? Or is anybody starting to feel a little bit of anxiety? Uh, you know, and that's a, that's a great question you ask because – when, when I look at what we saw last night, it sort of reminds me of Charlotte last year during the regular season. Washington, Philly without Harden or Embiid, where on paper you should beat these guys. Yeah. You know, but yet you play down to the level of competition. Like, you don't get up. Now, I, I guarantee if LeBron and AD was playing, were playing, you know, you'd see a little more sense of urgency. But when you walk on the floor and you're, you know, playing across Scottie Pippen Jr. or whatever, it just doesn't carry the same cachet. And the Kings, to me, they have not reached that level, Whitey, where they can just show up and win games. Like, you still got to bring it. They haven't won three or four championships, you know. They're still a young team. And so I was a little disappointed. I'm not going to say it's a, a big concern just yet. I want to see how they do in a regular season. But obviously, you would like to see them come with a little more sense of urgency. Yes. But, you know, bottom line, essentially, they've had two bad practices. Right? Yes. I mean, if yes. we're being honest, right. that's what it boils down to. They've had two bad practices. Now, but I, I wonder, when you look at that, if you're Mike Brown, what are you looking for in these preseason games? Obviously, better defense. Yes. Uh, a higher compete level. More physicality. But are you also looking at how well does Sasha fit? How about Chris Duarte? How's the offense doing with 30 assists? Like, I think there's so many, you know, things that you're looking for, and you're not going to check all the boxes through two games. Mike Brown's a defensive coach, though, so I'm sure it's driving him crazy. Yeah, and like I said earlier, Herter's a great example of the fact, in my opinion, that with this team, he kind of embodies this. He has to make shots. They have to make shots. If they don't, that puts even more pressure on their defense, and that's already where they're vulnerable. So in those bad shooting nights, and unfortunately they've had two in a row here in the preseason, it's really difficult for them to keep things from snowballing at the other end. That's just the nature of the team right now until they can figure a few things out defensively. Yeah, and what, what concerns me, though, when I watch the Kings defensively, and it just popped in my head, and as I was watching it last night, I thought about it, it's teams are aren't respecting you. Like, they aren't fearing you at all, you know? And that goes back to Mike Brown's point of making them feel you, being physical, 
Like, guys just feel like they can get whatever they want, you know? The sets are being run cleanly. Nobody's getting bumped off their cuts or anything like that. You know, you're not forcing anybody to pick up their dribble. D'Angelo Russell is casually stepping into three-pointers. I mean, if I'm a a Kings player, a coach, on the staff or whatever, that would drive me crazy. And, and, you know, this is something I've talked with Doug Christie about, uh, you know, time and time again. Remember, Doug, when he played – He was great at defensively, obviously. We understand that. But he had the mindset that, you know what, when I step on that floor, you're going to feel me. You're going to pay for it. You know, it's not going to be an easy Sunday walk in the park. And that's what I've seen these first two games from the Kings defensively. It's like, put up a little more fight, guys. Yeah, especially from D'Angelo Russell. We know he's a very gifted player. He was, uh, when he was with the Nets, he lit up the Kings at Arco once for yeah. 47. Yeah. So you know he's gifted. But last night, you could see he had basically whatever he wanted. I'll get into the paint, disrupt there. If they're sagging off me, I'll nail a three. He could do whatever he wanted. And, and that's and that's where, you know, I look at this Kings roster and I say, who's going to be the guy that says, Nah, he, that can't be happening. We're not going to let that happen to us. You know, and, and as much, and I don't want to turn this into a Dylan Brooks conversation, but, you know, I go back a couple of years. I said I would love to have a Marcus Smart on this team, a guy that, you know what, I'm not going to let this dude hit four, five, six threes in a row on me. You know, once he hits two, I'm going to shut him down. Uh-uh, wait, that's not happening. You know, I'm going to foul him. I'm going to do something to make him think. Guys are way too comfortable against the Kings, and I know it's only preseason, but, you know, the Western Conference is tough. It's going to be difficult. They have a tough schedule right off the bat. Utah, Golden State, Lakers, that's three straight tough games right off the jump. Uh, and then you play Golden State again the following week. And so I don't want to see an 0-4 start like we did last season. I want to, you know, can you imagine if this team got off to like a 5 or 6 and 0 start, the the fan base and the, the level of energy. And so that's why I wish these guys would take the preseason a little more seriously and come out a little more intense. Oh, uh, we got a poll going on our YouTube page. Are you concerned that the Kings haven't won a preseason game yet? Yeah, they should be better or no, it's only preseason. I can't believe here I've said all these nice things about you so far. We're just getting started. <laughs> and then you go bring it up Dylan Brooks. Come on. What's wrong with Come on. Dude. Out of nowhere, too. Out of nowhere. I, I, I know that's your guy. For some reason, he gets a rise out of you. You know, I just say Dylan Brooks, and you're like, ah, oh, Dylan in the Brooks. News today, you know? isn't he? he is. He got fined, uh, what was it, $25,000 or something for his uh, shot in the man region yeah. uh, to uh, Daniel Tice the other day. So uh, he's off to a great start, Dylan Brooks is. Yeah. And George Kittle still hasn't been fined. He may be, he may not mm. be. But Dylan Brooks already has a fine five minutes into his first preseason. First preseason game, first game as a Houston (laughs) Rocket. And I just hope, because like I said, I'm a Dylan Brooks fan basketball-wise. I think he's a talented basketball player. I hope for his sake that he doesn't become this caricature, this guy who's trying to live up to this villain reputation. It's sort of like, remember when LeBron first uh, joined the Miami Heat? Yes. And he became a villain to mm-hmm. an extent. He sort of tried to embrace it at first. It wasn't a good look for him. It didn't work out for him. Because it's not really him. It's not really him. And so, is Dylan Brooks really this big villain? Or, you're shaking <laughs> Yeah, it fits. Yeah, it fits. yeah, this is who he yeah, is. This is him. This is him. But he might be taking it a little too far. I think every team should have a guy with the cojones 
the chutzpah, the, 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 the machoism, whatever you want to call it, of a Dylan Brooks. Well, I would like somebody like that. In all seriousness, in the old days, they used to call those guys enforcers, right? Yes. Then yes. Hockey teams had them, and then even Coons, some basketball yeah. teams had right. guys who's among other things, their role was to make Charles sure Oakley with yeah. the Knicks, you yeah. know, back yeah. in the day. And Your so, boy Kendrick Perkins to a degree. Now, I don't know. Was he? He just, you know what's so funny about Perk? Quick story. I, I covered Perk in Boston. He has this scowl and he looks so intimidating, but he's such a big baby in person. Yeah. Like, you know, I didn't know that until after his playing days and I did shows with him uh, in Boston. He's just a big teddy bear. But on the floor, he looks so intimidating. But you need those kind of guys. Who's our intimidator? I mean, Alex Lynn maybe could right. be, but I mean, he's a real he's big enough. He's just a he's a good natured guy, isn't he? Right. Plus, right. he's got a lot of other things yeah. going on in his homeland yeah. that he's concerned about. Alex Lynn is just a good, nice guy. But yeah. you know, is it Davion? Could Trey Lyles be that? Remember, he yeah, got into yeah, it with I Brooke Lopez. Yeah, Trey Lyles might be that guy that, that. So I'm gonna Take some of that on my. Um, I, I would love to see that. I, I think we need that uh, with this team because teams can't come in the golden one center. Teams can't just feel like they can do whatever they want to do against us. That's what Mike Brown is talking about when he talks about we got to make sure they feel us. It's that physicality. Nobody's talking about cheap shots, dirty play, or anything like that. But I want this Kings team to have the reputation that you know what when you play Sacramento. You're going to feel it afterwards. It's going to be a long night. Can JaVale McGee bring some of that? I've never thought of him that way, but I think he's even talked about it. Yeah, yeah, I think so. I I think he can bring some of that. Hopefully he gets the minutes, you know, and has an impact on his team. You know, I I just want guys to uh, show me they care, you know, and that's one of the things that concerned me to my first couple of years here in Sacramento Guys would lose games, and it didn't seem like it affected them that much, you know? It didn't seem like they were upset about it. You know, we saw last year, you know, they hated losing. Like, that has to become contagious with the team because when you look at championship-level teams, whether it's the Warriors, whether it's the Celtics, Miami, you know, look at the Miami Heat. When they lose a game, Jimmy Butler is no fun to be around. Same thing with the Celtics when they had Marcus Smart. Same thing with the Warriors when Draymond. Like, these guys you don't want to be around after a loss. I want our guys to be like that, too, to be like, you know what? This sucks. We can't let this happen again. Mm-hmm. Well, the 49ers, of course, haven't lost a game yet. Kyle Shanahan, though, says he's worried about the Browns. Should he be? That's next on The Drive Guys, Sackdown Sport. flagship station for the beam team sacktown sports drive guys here kyle draper whitey gleason trying to get as much show as we can into our uh, truncated program today because we take you up to thursday night football real quick here kyle today is a huge anniversary uh, for nba fans october 12th 1979 on that day yeah. october 12th 1979 magic made his debut for the lakers uh, Larry Bird made his debut for the Celtics, and in that same game, Chris Ford made the first three-pointer in the history of the NBA. And all three of those things, like this day in history, like those are worthy. You know, yeah. you're talking about two Hall of Famers and arguably the biggest change in the history of basketball, mm-hmm. the three-point shot. And so, man, 
I, we were both alive then, too. Yeah, that makes me yeah. feel good, yeah. knowing that. Like, I was there. I remember that, right? And how about this? You know, that Compio weighing in here oh, on man. Twitter. Yeah, Compio, and I assume it's the same Compio. On Twitter, he says, I was at Magic's debut. Oh, he was there? Apparently. All right, so he's uh, roughly our age, a little older. You know, I was going to come at him a little bit. He's been, you know, he said, also Purdy for MVP. So I was about to block. Can you block people on the YouTube chat? Because I, I was about to block this guy because he came at me earlier, too. So, uh, yeah, you know, all right, he, he's cool, though. He's our age. I'll let him slide. Yeah. Uh, on the chat here, we have everything on the King start from Emmy, who's not concerned at all. Big Sasha fan, of course. Mm-hmm. And Las Vegas Athletics says, Las Vegas Athletics, pardon me, says, I just don't want people to completely disregard preseason. It's important to show at least some progress. I want at least one win. I'm not concerned about the wins, but I agree right. about the progress. The, the progress, the, yeah. the eye test, the way they look. You know, it hasn't looked good. And how about the nerve of that YouTube chatter to come in and say Las Vegas Athletics as their name? Yeah. Like, you know, you, you play it to the wrong audience, my man. I'm just saying. I'll let you slide this time, but that rubs me the wrong You're right. way a little bit. See, right? I kinda, I just you just glossed really over that, right? That. I'm like, dang. People should be coming at him for that name right there, right? right? Yeah, and that's on me for reading that. That's on me. 339 <laughs> 1-800-920-1140. Let's talk to Spencer. Spencer wants to talk enforcers on Sackdown Sports. Yeah. What's up, Spencer? Hey, guys, listen, you know something? I couldn't agree with you guys more. Normally, I, you know, I like to take the juxtaposition. But in this case, you know, uh, a couple names. Uh, I'm going to throw them out there, a uh, little rapid fire here. Someone like Charles Oakley. Mm-hmm. Uh, somebody like Ron Artest. Ooh. Um, you know, it doesn't even have to be a big guy. I mean, if you remember Gary Payton, he was an agitator. Uh, Danny Ainge, agitator, but, you know, tough. Guys Guys that are willing, I, I, I will never say play dirty because that's not, I, I don't like anything about dirty basketball, uh, i.e. Uh, green for uh, what he did to uh, Sabonis. Sabonis yeah. but, um, but what I would say is a good hard foul, uh, you know something, bring it on. Bring it on because, you know something, and, and by the way, they don't have to be big. I gotcha. actually think, guys, tell me what you think. I think Devion, in those last couple games, he was glued all over uh, Steph Curry, all over in the in the in the, in the, in the uh, playoff game. And Steph Curry is just a damn good player. Sorry for my language, guys. Have a great day. Thank you, right, sir. I think you're right. I mean, if there's anybody like that at all on this roster, Devion's the closest to it. But on the other hand, just to go out and get a big you know, lug a big brute yeah. just because he's tough. I don't think that really helps us. Right. Team. But you know, the Spencer's point, Ron Artest, Metal World Peace, he would have been perfect for this team. You know, a perimeter defender, uh, a guy that, you know, plays with an edge. Uh, you know, at times, obviously, he crossed that edge, but, you know, he's a champion. Uh, he would be perfect for that really team. He was really good when he was here. Brief time he was here, he was very good. He, he helped turn their season yeah, around. Yeah, and, and, you know, one, one thing, you know, this King team, Kings team, I, I think, could, could, could use is a guy that when you lost two or three games, who's the guy – that sort of makes you feel uncomfortable in the locker room. Like Kevin Garnett in Boston, you didn't want to be around that dude when he lost. He, he, you know, he demanded excellence. Who's that guy for us? 
outside of the coaching staff that demands excellence. Maybe it's a number of guys. Maybe it's Fox. Maybe it's Sabonis. You know, one thing Mike Brown talked about was Fox's leadership. He was in the gym more than anybody uh, during the uh, offseason. You know, he was in there virtually every day. He was the guy that was bringing guys together. So we're seeing some leadership for Fox. I want to see guys, you know, challenge each other a little bit when things aren't going as well on the floor. Correct me if I'm wrong. I think Domas brings it a different way. I don't get the impression you don't see him getting into teammates' grills, but just with the level of intensity he brings when he plays, he sets a tone that yeah, way. Yeah, yeah, and you can tell. Yeah, but it's still important. And when things aren't going well, you can see the agony on his face, the frustration on his face, face when he's not getting a call or if he misses a couple layups or guys, uh, you know, uh, you know, turn the ball over. Like, you can see he cares. He plays with that kind of energy. It also seems to me that unlike some NBA teams, Mike Brown definitely has the attention of his team. And there are some guys, if they get angry at the team, the team's like, yeah, whatever. But it, I get the impression Mike Brown, when he's angry at the team or wants to make a point forcefully, he's still able to do that very effectively. Yeah, and, you know, one way he does that is with playing time. How many times have we seen him call a quick timeout or yank a guy out of a game early on? And so uh, maybe Mike needs to do that a little more. You know, he really hasn't done that this preseason in terms of, you know, calling that quick timeout or, or, you know, pulling a guy from a game and getting on them. You know, I, I, I maintain that excellence should be demanded no matter when you play preseason, regular season, game one, game 82, because we're trying to compete for a championship. And that's what the Niners are doing. And that's what so impressed me so much about what they've been able to do is that they're, they're you know what? I know it's early as game five, but they are trying to put their foots on opponents necks and send a message. Yeah. But that that's like I said earlier, I agree, but there are sometimes when, a team is not able to do something physically, and it mm. looks like they're not trying. And it's really not that they're not trying. It's like they're just They just not, aren't capable of that. Yeah, huh? and that's uh, scarier to me. That is scarier. Can, is that what you're seeing from our Sacramento a Kings? A little bit defensively, a little bit. That now, That's scary. If you just don't have the personnel or you just aren't capable of being, you know, what Mike Brown is asking of you, yeah, that's like scary to Sasha me. Sasha right now is really not there, right? Yeah. That's not a stunner, but defensively, he's not – good enough really to get NBA regular minutes right now he can improve but right now I'd say he's not he was that bad uh, and Kevin Herter last uh, night anyway was that really? bad oh last my night. god I'm just hoping it's preseason for Sasha it's just you know getting used to the NBA uh you know these are things sure. I would imagine that, that haven't been asked There's of him over of the course. learning curve exactly Kevin Herter I'm not sure what, you know, what was going on. Well. He's not and playing that's, well that's right. right now. Get it out of your system. Get it out of your system. And so I'm a reserve judgment. I'm not going to hit the panic button until maybe 10 games into the season. How about I that? Even, I don't even know where the panic button is no, yet. No, you, you, you got it in the top drawer somewhere. I, I know I'm that. I'm looking for it. I want to know where it is, but <laughs> come on. Preseason. Yeah. And then the other thing is, you know, the season, you get off to a good start. That'd be great. But the schedule, and I think you mentioned this, it's so it, tough. Yeah, it is. The early schedule. schedule is tough. It's a tough schedule. You're talking about playoff caliber teams uh, early on uh, in those first two weeks. And then it softens up a little bit. You know, then you got Houston twice on the road, I believe. And you got some games. Uh, Portland, I think, is very early in the season as well. And so, but remember, Whitey, 
They went 0-4 to start the year uh, last season. Uh, People were frustrated, and they turned it around. So give me 10 games. That's all. Give me 10 games before enough. I hit the button. Absolutely. When we come back, as promised, we'll get to Kyle Shanahan on the Browns. And I've been putting this off, but um, found some evidence that supports some of Kyle Draper's crazy <laughs> views on Brock Purdy. <laughs> we'll share those with you, too, when we come right back on the Drive Guys Sackdown Sports.